Today, we're honored to welcome Natalie Oldfield, a seasonal entrepreneur and an author of The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. With over a decade of experience, Natalie specializes in training technical talent to leverage trust for remarkable results in their companies. Her work demonstrates the more trust equals more sales, promotions, and career opportunities. Recognized as one of the world's top thought leaders in trust for five consecutive years and nominated for the 2023 RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneurs Award, Natalie is a trailblazer in understanding and applying the dynamics of trust in the business realm. Join us as we delve into her insights on trust, relationships, and success in the technical landscape. Welcome Natalie Oldfield to our podcast. You are listening to the Disruptive Minds Podcast, home of the entrepreneur. Typically they say, oh, we would love that, but everybody doesn't have that. Like everyone doesn't know how to do that. Well, that's what I do. I work with companies, built and their teams usually customer facing teams, people that affect customers like operations, sales, finance, customer support. And I teach them through workshops and training, a step-by-step process based on science and evidence of how to build trust with clients. I, I, so I work with companies and then I also work with individuals. I have, uh, trusted advisor certificate program where a couple of individuals from a variety of companies join a group training program. We do all that online and at the end they're certified as trusted advisors. So those are the two main things I do. I also have some online courses called Becoming a Trusted Advisor and um I also measure trust, but primarily I work with companies and their teams and uh, I love doing that and I've been doing it for about 10 years now. It's really great. Yeah, I think the really interesting thing about you working with trust and, you know, is that trust is something that we don't talk about a lot and it's definitely not taught in the business world. Right. right. Like you don't go to school and take trust 101. You don't go, there's not even, there's not even a relationship building class at college. Right. So business owners come right out into the workforce and they have no experience with building trust. So it's really important that there are people out there to help guide and teach people how to build trust because it's like anything else. It's a learned thing, right? You can practice It it, you can get better at it. So one of the questions I had for you, and we discussed it briefly before this, was why is trust such a powerful belief, right? Because trust isn't just a feeling. It's not a thing. It's a belief, right? Yes. And why is that belief so powerful and so impactful? It's so powerful and so impactful because it drives everything we do, Bill. Everything. So trust is the foundation for customer experience. A lot of folks hire me because they want to improve the customer experience. Well, that starts with trust. I'm not going to buy from you unless I have, unless I trust you, indicators and drivers like revenue, like sales, like referrals, like propensity to continue to do business with. 
So it's, it's extremely powerful. And, you know, on a personal level, when we have trust, we want to engage with that person and do more with them. So it really drives everything. And it's at the core of every decision we make, Bill. So if you think about it subconsciously, we think, oh, am I going to have someone on a podcast? But do I trust that they will show up on time? Do I trust that they will share their experiences and their knowledge and their expertise with my audience in a way that's going to be helpful to my audience? Do I trust that they're going to do what they say they're going to do? It's, it's the most important driver of success that all of us have, no matter what position we're in and what our business is in. Yeah, I was really thinking when you were talking about when you were talking there about risk assessment, right? Yeah. Yeah, that everything you do is a risk, right? If you're gonna go buy a product, you might there's a risk that you might have liked a different shirt better. Yeah. If you engage with a service, there's a chance that somebody could have done a cheaper or a better job. That's if right. If you invite somebody on the podcast, you know, you, there's a chance you could have had a better guest, you know. Yeah. If you just waited another day to schedule. So what ends up happening is there's always this trade-off and trust is one of those few metrics that we can see that allow us to kind of change our opinion when we're doing this risk calculation. And that's what I think is really cool and impactful there is that you're right, it intertwines with every single decision we make. And it's really just this universal variable that we can plug into any kind of risk assessment we're doing in life. So the question is then if, you know, trust is important, it's in part of all these transactions, all these relationships, how do we build it with others? How do we foster that trust? Well, that is the question. And I, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned earlier, like we don't learn it in school. Most of us don't learn it in college or university and we don't see it on the syllabus anywhere. And um, yet, it is a skill that we can all learn. I got into the business of teaching people how to build trust because I was working in a company and noticed that all around me, all the companies that were doing so well had something in common. And that was they had these strong relationships of trust with clients. So I actually went back to school, Bill, as uh, a grown up and did my master's and graduate research in how is it that people decide to buy and found out very quickly, it, as we discussed, it all starts with trust. So I've created a proprietary framework and methodology to build trust. And it's based on eight principles of trust. So when you say, how do you build trust? It really comes down to how we communicate, how we behave and how we serve Bill. And then out of those three dimensions, those three components, it's applying the principles of trust. So the very first principle of trust and how we would start to build a relationship of trust is to listen carefully with empathy and compassion, question involve the other person in decision. So if we put ourselves, you know, in the shoes of a customer wanting to have a relationship with a company, 
And a company wanting to have a relationship with a customer, well, first of all, trust is two-way. That's one thing a lot of folks forget, but trust is two-way. And if you think about it, in the beginning of any relationship with a customer, it always starts with listening, like really working hard to understand what their needs are and how you might be able to help them. And then it's about really understanding their situation. List and you know, I'm simplifying listening with empathy, but it's understanding and then being compassionate, actually really caring about them. The academic literature might call it benevolence, but it's really acting and you know, compare being uh compassionate and really sincerely and authentically caring about them and then involving them in a conversation. So that's really how you start to build trust is by listening and you know really acting in the best interest of the other person bill when you're thinking about trust and you're thinking about listening the thing that comes to mind is i just had a guest on the other day and he was discussing the idea of truth right yes and when you're listening and you're engaging and you're, you're taking a legitimate interest in somebody you're listening for their truth right you're listening for yeah what they want, what they need, right? It, it is in a way the word benevolence, right? Because you're not acting with this motion of, I want to go straight down the line, close this deal, close this sale, get the money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. You're actually trying to serve the person. You're trying to yes. you know, give them something of value to build that relationship and build that trust. I think a lot of people overlook the idea that something as simple as listening and going, uh-huh, I hear what you said there. There's your problem. Here's how I can help. Yeah. Is actually a lot more valuable than just spouting off for a half hour about here's all the great things about me and my product. Right. And I I, I really right. like the idea that, you know, it all starts with listening because that's something we can all do. Yeah. And and as I mentioned, and and you brought up, like a lot of us don't learn this in school or university. So I actually work with a lot of technical talent, Bill, people who are really experts in their fields. So, you know, in the manufacturing industry, it might be, you know, an engineer who's really great uh, at making or designing a product in the technology industry. I work with a lot of technology companies and teams that are software developers or business analysts or project managers, again, who are very technical folks and know the product well. However, it's never been pointed out to them and they, they haven't learned that in order to serve the customer, we need to be building a relationship with them. And so as an example, I worked with one, one gentleman who brought me in to work with his whole team who are technical people and they have an amazing product. And, but what they found is that their clients were not renewing contracts and they, they couldn't really understand why. And, you know, everyone was very focused on providing the best product and the best service However, they weren't so focused on delighting the customers and openly communicating and managing client expectations and really managing a relationship over a long term. 
it's, you know, much more straightforward to win a new client, but to actually maintain the relationship and build it over time takes skill. And that's something that folks don't learn. So that's, um, you know, an example of one of the things that, that we do, because like you said, they don't learn it in school. It's not, it's not natural for some companies. And a lot of folks do actually mentor people, but that takes them out of their daily business. And so, um, you know, there is a step-by-step process and it's practical way of building a relationship of trust over time. Yeah, I really like the idea that some of the stuff you've been bringing up is non-verbal, right? Like oh, there's yeah. the, the, the verbal trust of, you know, let's have a conversation and let's listen. But there's the there's the level of trust of not feeling heard as a customer, right? Yes. There's the the not fault not following through, not engaging, right? There, there are certain things you can do that are non-verbal to show your 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 care and your commitment and help foster that trust. And I think a lot of people miss out on some of the nonverbal ways to build trust because they're less obvious, right? Like having yeah. a great website with all the information right there is a great way to build trust because it puts all that out there. It's transparent. It gives people, That's uh, right. you know, a touch point. And that can be just as effective as having, you know, a, a, a meeting where you demo some software. So what are some other ways that business owners can implement trust in their sales process, especially in nonverbal ways? In nonverbal ways? Well, I would say um, face-to-face, if at all possible, being face-to-face, if not possible, like what we're doing here, Bill, and have a video, mm-hmm. you know, be on Zoom, even though... Your listeners are only listening to it. You've gone the extra step to say, okay, for this conversation, we're going to be able to look at each other. So that's one way. Uh, I worked with a team of a very technical group of folks in the cybersecurity industry. And there were software engineers and technical experts and account managers. And there were three sales engineers that said, ask the same question you did. And I said, you know, why are you asking that? And they said, well, we keep getting feedback from our sales account managers that that we're giving off vibes that we quote unquote, don't read the room. So when we were on calls, I noticed that they, they didn't have any expression on their face on these Teams calls that we were on. So, you know, that's one thing you could do for body language is actually start your call, start your meeting with smiling, you know, uh, show with nodding your head, maybe that you are following along and listening. Another way is to take notes. When we take notes, for me anyway, it helps me remember things. But the other thing is, it also communicates that what you're saying to me is really important, so I'm going to write it down. And don't get me wrong, Bill. I know some people, they say they remember everything and they have photographic memory, but the reality is most of us don't really. And not only can it help you remember, but it also communicates to the other person that what you're saying is important 
and I want to remember this. And you can make these little changes to impact the nonverbal messages that you're communicating to build trust. So smiling, nodding, waving when you get on a conference call or shaking their hand. And if you're not, if, if you're not in person and you're online like this, show your hands, right? When there's any uncertainty and we can't see, we fill in the blanks. So, you know, one of this team that I was mentioning that there were three sales engineers that were wondering like, well, what can I do? This is the, with the cybersecurity company. They implemented some of these changes and a big thing for them was the note taking. And of course, what happened is then they were able to share more detailed information and requirements to the rest of the team which sped up the process, served the client in a much more impactful and productive manner and sped along everything along the way from the project to you know moving targets along and eventually you know closing more business for them. I mean that's the wonderful thing about this is when you actually have a strong relationship of trust or what I would call strong trust equity built up in a relationship with a customer, negotiations happen quicker. And we have, we, we have all seen that when we trust, we make a decision to buy quicker. We make a decision to invest quicker or to do a project with someone or to refer someone and when we don't have trust, we usually tell everyone we know. I'm in the middle of booking uh, a meeting event for one of my clients. We're doing a two-day strategic planning retreat. And the focus is all around trust, which is why I'm involved and in kicking off their, their last quarter. And I'm having a real challenge with this hotel, they don't return my calls. It's actually driving me nuts. I say, please call me because I want to talk about details and they send me emails. Well, that's destroying trust. So that's that's another thing that you know we can do is listen to our clients say, oh, when they say, please call us, that means we really want you to call. Yeah, I really, really like the point about note-taking. Okay. I thought, I, th I thought that was really good because that's something that I like to do, especially in sales calls. Yes. Or anytime I'm negotiating with a service provider or uh, somebody who's going to provide a service because note-taking serves two functions, right? It shows you're listening, like you said, which I never thought yeah. of before. It really does. Yeah. But the other part of that is it allows you to control part of the conversation because when you follow up with your email you're going to remember what was said you can of direct the conversation course. towards the points that you found important and this yeah. can really change the way that you guys are communicating which does lead to building trust if everybody's asking intelligent questions and yeah. you're getting intelligent answers that's a good way to build some rapport it's a good way to really accentuate that relationship and 
grow it. The other thing that you brought up about the hotel not returning the calls, I thought was really interesting because sometimes it's not that the person is not trustworthy. It has to do with bandwidth and bandwidth can appear like non-trustworthiness. If you're spending all that bandwidth, you're a hundred different people. You're giving them all a fraction of the attention they should be getting. And you can burn yourself out. You can burn yourself out and it can appear that you're not trustworthy. And I think this is something people need to be aware of because perception is reality, right? That's That's the sad, that's the sad truth of things is, you know, this hotel could be booked. They could be putting on seven conferences at once. Or more. And, you know, they might be perfectly fine people who are going to do a great job, but they're not conveying it because for whatever reason. So it's one of those deals where you want to make sure that you're not just a trustworthy person. You're not just doing the things to build trust, but you also have the bandwidth to foster that relationship. Well, and, and so I would agree a hundred percent. And what I've found, Bill, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this too, is that companies are struggling with labor. A lot of them are understaffed, right? And I know in the back of my mind, well, maybe they don't have enough folks on their meeting planning team, right? I actually know that because, you know, we've, we've all read about it and seen, and we know that that's a challenge. However, what I would say for this meeting planner or event planner in this hotel is just manage expectations. Mm -hmm. So when we do a good job of managing expectations, that builds trust. You could manage expectations by saying, we are understaffed. I'm not able to call you. Could you leave a video message for me or a voice recording, or I'm not able to call you back until X time. Yeah. That's a really big one. It's the ma- managing it's expectations. It's huge. A, a lot of, a lot of people think that by coming out and saying, Hey, I don't have time for this or, Hey, it's going to run a little late or that they're blowing it. Right. They're blowing this whole sale. What's going right. to blow the sale is when you're three days late with your email and That's everyone's right. going, what's going on. I, I don't know if this person can do the job where a lot of times, if you're willing to take one on the chin and just be honest, yeah, you can build trust because they're going, at least this person tells me what's going on. Yeah. Right. So, at least I'm in the loop. I feel like I'm part of the process. Totally. Totally. So so this this one client that I worked with, a company in the engineering space, an engineering firm. I work with a lot of professional engineers who are very technical, Bill. And they they know their stuff and they are wonderful at design and project implementation however like you said a lot of them don't learn about building relationships of trust and communicating with impact and how to delight a client in university or college and this one firm that i'm thinking about that i worked with a team of junior engineers and senior engineers and some designers and a few project managers so there was a team of about 22 folks One of the biggest issues the managing partner hired me for is he said, I want you to work with the team to help manage expectations because projects are taking longer because we only have X number of people. And in the past, clients are used to us doing things in three months and now they might take four or six months. 
So managing client expectations is a skill. You can learn that. And it's about being honest and upfront, Bill. It's about being confident enough to say, look, I'm going to be at 10 minutes late, or we're going to be a week late sending this report. And the higher trust that you have with that client, the more forgiving they will be when and if you do want to make a change or you do make a mistake. Because let's face it, we all make mistakes, Bill, right? We all do. However, if you manage up front and don't over promise and under deliver, you build trust. We destroy trust when someone promises they're going to do something and then they don't do it, right? In the research that I found, and I've seen this every single day, as I'm sure you and your listeners have, reliability is a top characteristic of trustworthiness. In the, the research shows, it's the number one characteristic of a trustworthy person. You know, I have a girlfriend, as an example, that I walk with in the mornings, and I love, love, love how she operates. If So we walked this morning. It's a Tuesday. She said, okay, I'll see you next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Yep. And I know it could be pouring rain like it was this morning. She will be there on time. She's extremely reliable. And at the end of the day, clients want that too right? They just, because they all hire us to do something based on what we promise to deliver. So reliability is so important. Yeah. And it's the repetition of reliability. Oh, right? yes. If, if, if your walking buddy didn't, you know, showed up next week and it was the second or third time they showed up, the first yeah. time you have a, you have a rainstorm, you might doubt that they're going to show up. Yes. But, after, but after you've seen that come, that person come through five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, Right, you're going to be more likely to just assume they're going to be there, have that level of trust, and show up in your rain boots ready yes. to go for a walk. Yeah. So I, I I really like that example because although it's it's a very simplistic example, it really is a great metaphor for business. I mean, think about it. If you go go on a walk with every with somebody every Tuesday, the first day it rains, you want them to think you're going to be right there with your umbrella and your rain boots, and you're still going to be there walking. Yeah. So I I think it's a really powerful example and i i think it you know that repeated reliability is really yeah. what builds that trust mechanism and really i think leads to the best in, uh client relationships right the clients that you have the most trust work with are usually the people you hear from the least and when you hear from them you get the most done so uh <laughs> interesting that you 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 say that so consistency predictability and reliability is another one of the principles of trust and so what i teach in my programs bill as i mentioned are these eight principles and um so the program that i mentioned about the trusted advisor certification program it takes place over multiple weeks and um you know, we've had a number of folks in that program. And one of the things that I think is so powerful is that we we do talk about managing client expectations, but it's the the 
we often have a number of conversations like you and I just did about consistency, predictability, and reliability. And it is directly related to business, as you said. You know, we can make sure that we consistently have a project update, as an example, every, you know, Tuesday afternoon or every Thursday night, whatever it is. But when we're consistent, predictable, and reliable, it builds trust. And there's so many examples in business of this. And because at the essence, none of us like surprises, Bill, right? Mm -hmm. We all want to know what's coming. The opposite of trust is uncertainty. Well, when you're consistent, predictable, and reliable, it reduces risk and it reduces uncertainty. That's why it's so important. And, you know, clearly um, there's like tons of examples and um, I, I really love all your questions. It, it all does relate to business. And I know one of the questions you mentioned to me earlier was, you know, how do you, how do you, how can this affect sales and how can, how can gaining trust in business affect the bottom line or or the top line in sales. And I wanted to share with you a story of this company that I worked with that were doing just fine. However, so they were in, in the IT industry and they were doing well. However, they did have a few red flags or indications of that I would say of low customer trust. Mm -hmm. Their clients were ghosting them a little bit. They weren't getting as many automatic renewals for their software as a service piece of their business. They had an ongoing managed services piece of their business. And again, they were in, in the IT industry. And so a number of folks went through this program. And we, we had a company program that took place over about 12 weeks or so. We got together every other week for... 12 weeks. And in between, we did some one-on-one -on -one coaching and some exercises. And at the end of it, a sales account manager shared with me that once he applied all of the principles of building trust and changed a few things around consistency, around predictability with the clients and setting up some very, um, intentional meetings with customers and starting to share information and really becoming more empathetic to their whole situation on how and when to share specific information that he started to see some changes in the customer conversation so they were sharing more information with him because he was asking more because we, we, you know, we go through how to ask questions to learn about what's important to be more empathetic. And it actually decreased the amount of time it took to renew a contract by several weeks. And he got increased sales from all his accounts every single one of them because of implementing all these new processes and really paying attention and and being deliberate and intentional about 
focusing on a relationship of trust and focusing on the customer experience. As I mentioned, they go hand in hand. So I wanted to share that with you because it it really, you know, this person saw a significant decrease in the sales cycle several weeks, and he did increase his sales. Um, within 30 days, he saw increases in sales. And the other thing that is so complimentary is he started getting referrals. And that uh, I know you've talked about on this podcast before, that is a true sign that you have the trust of your clients when they refer business to you. Yeah, definitely. And the thing that we didn't really get into yet, but I want to touch on it briefly, is the idea that this is free, right? If you want to improve your bottom line and you don't have any money, right? You don't have, you can't go out there and raise some capital. You can't go out there and spend a billion dollars on ads. Just work on your trustworthiness. Work on demonstrating trust, building trust with your customers because it's going to pay dividends and it doesn't cost a whole lot of money to sit there, listen, take better notes, give yeah. verbal cues, follow up when you say you're going to follow up, be constant, be reliable, be predictable. And speaking of predictable, so what are you up to next and how can the listeners find you? I, what am I up to next? I have, um, next I have, uh, a group of people that are starting in my trusted advisor certification program in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I have this every quarter bill. Um, and I met a lot of the folks, uh, in this program because they went on to my website, which is successthroughtrust.com and downloaded a complimentary trust assessment to learn about how to build trust on their teams. So you can find me on my website at successthroughtrust.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Natalie Doyle Oldfield on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with you. And if anyone's interested in assessing their team and figuring out how can I do this, what, what's sort of the first thing that I can do? I would recommend having a conversation internally to talk about trust. Because as you know, as you said, it is it is something we can all do to grow our business, keep our customers, gain loyalty, and to get referrals. And it starts by having a conversation because everybody on the team has a part to play in the customer's decision to buy from you and to trust you. It all comes down to the people bill. Every single time, it comes down to the people. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'm sure we all learned a lot about trust. And I'm sure there's at least a few things that the listeners can take away from this. I just want to remind everybody that we are twice a week. We have a show every Monday and Friday. So make sure you don't miss those. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Disruptive Minds podcast.